I'm gonna switch it up for y'all a little bit. Get crunk. You know why? Huh? It's hurricane season. The new Miami. The new Miami. The new Miami. Surge, surge. The new Miami. The new. Welcome back to the Wide Right Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for the Athletic. It is game week, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to play a football game. Miami Hurricanes hosting the UAB Blazers Thursday night, 8 o'clock, ACC Network televising it. Uh, UAB comes in 14.5 point underdogs, but this is a good football team. They started the season with a 45-35 win over Central Arkansas last week, but really... Um, 28 wins the last three years, a couple of uh, Western Division titles in Conference USA, a team that Manny Diaz respects, especially considering he lost uh, to two Conference USA opponents last year in his first year as head coach. Um, And so the Canes, I mean, it's going to be the debut of a new offense. Rhett Lashley's offense, we're finally going to see what the power spread looks like. We're going to have a new quarterback, De'Eric King. Fingers crossed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a lot of testing going on right now on the University of Miami campus in regards to COVID-19, making sure that uh, guys are cleared for kickoff. But Manny Diaz expects to have a full roster uh, for kickoff uh, tomorrow. We're recording this episode around 10 a.m. Wednesday morning, September 9th, and Look, uh, right now Miami is a basketball town. The Miami Heat just advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Dolphins are open the, opening the season on Sunday in uh, New England, and so eyes are there as well. But the Canes, I mean, they're going to have their own night Thursday. And just a lot of excitement, uh, I think, with regards to finally seeing what this Diaz uh, team looks like uh, in their second year. Mike Zimmerman, I know you're excited as a Miami fan. We're finally going to have something real, real to talk about, something tangible, uh, because none of us have been able to see this team since March. Uh, I was there for the four practices in March, got to watch about 10, 15 minutes, but that's it. I mean, it's been since this pandemic hit, it's been just, you know, those guys working behind the scenes and little video clips that Miami Sports Information uh, Department puts out. My question to you going into this uh, kickoff on Thursday, Mike, what what are you most eager to see just as a fan of the Canes? And um, I guess what's your biggest question? I'll I'll leave it at that. Those two, uh, what are you most excited to see and what's your biggest question? Well, I I think those two questions have the same answer, and that's the offense, right? Biggest Mm -hmm. question mark is probably the offense in total. I mean, more specifically, offensive line. Um, but I'm also most excited to see the offense because it's changed so dramatically in terms of scheme, um, you know, with, with Rhett Lashley coming in. Um, I, I think because there's so much hype surrounding this kind of offense and surrounding De'Ara King that it's it's finally that Miami has a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. For, what, the past 10, 15 years, we've always said Miami's just missing that quarterback. They've got enough talent on defense. They've got enough you know, talent with skill positions. They just don't have that guy. Brad Kaya seemed to be, you know, may, maybe a stopgap to to the issues, but really didn't didn't offer what De'Ara King can do, take that offense to the next level. And I think now that Miami has that quarterback, it's, it's like, all right, now let's see where this team can go. Let's see how good they can be with a consistent offense, which we're hoping, and a defense that that really has carried the program. 
Rhett Lashley, <clears throat> when he spoke to us on Monday on the Zoom call, was a little bit. I don't want to call. I don't want to say he was underplaying the offense. I, I, he was certainly warning us. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that that you know he's he's anticipating growing pains here, and I think you know maybe he's trying to set the expectations. Hey, don't expect us to come out and score fifty every single week in the early going. And you can't blame him for that. You know, I know there were some fans who, who read some of my stories in the Athletic off of that. Um, and they're like, hey, I didn't like the fact Rhett Lashley is sort of like, hey, we're going to have growing pains or maybe some issues um, because they want to see great results right away. I think as long as they're scoring more than the other team, uh, then you can be satisfied with this new offense. You know, that you don't see a lot of turnovers, that you don't see a lot of silly mistakes. Um, that to me will sort of quantify the success of this offense. Look, UAB has a pretty good defense. Um, they've got nine starters back on that side of the ball. Yes, they gave up 35 points to Central Arkansas in their win last week, but they gave up 21 of those points off of turnovers that the offense sort of, you know, left Central Arkansas deep in, in, in their, you know, their territory right next to the end zone. And so they scored easy touchdowns. And so I think, um, you know, this is going to be a challenge. They play man-to-man defense, UAB does, in coverage. Uh, Lashley sort of hoping that his receivers, uh, D. Wiggins and, and uh, Mark Pope and Revan Jordan, the tight end, and Will Mallory, that those guys all come out and look really, really comfortable. But I think, you know, there, there were moments certainly in the three, four scrimmages that Miami had in, in fall camp where maybe the first team offense didn't look great. And I know that they put up huge numbers and Miami puts out those press releases, right, saying De'Aaron King threw six touchdowns. But again, none of that specifies is that the first team offense uh, versus the first team defense or the first team offense versus the scout team. Um, so look, I, all I'm saying is, I know you're excited to see it, Mike. I know you, everybody is, everybody's excited to see this offense, but I think it, listening to Rhett Lashley on Monday, it, it at least sort of told me, Hey guys, we're going to have some mistakes and, and look, the offensive line, you bring that up. That's the number one concern. You're going to have two guys starting on the left side of the offensive line that haven't played a ton in college football. John Campbell is um, athletic. He can dunk a basketball. He's big. Um, he's your starting left tackle, but he's a guy who last year was the sixth man on this offensive line that gave up 51 sacks. Okay. He was, he was sort of <laughs> the guy that they didn't want to play because he, he full time because he couldn't, he, he was still sort of learning the position. Uh, he's your starting left tackle. And then Usman Treyor, who played all of 15 snaps against Bethune Cookman, he's going to be your starting left guard. So uh, there is a little bit of concern there in terms of experience. Uh, yes, you have Jared Williams, a new starting right tackle. Yes, you've, you've got Corey Gaynor, who's a returning starter at center, and DJ Scaife, who's your best offensive lineman at right guard. But, uh, again, it's going to take a little while. I don't expect Miami to come out and put 60 or 70 points on UAB, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think the number one thing I'm looking for tomorrow is do they convert – uh, you know, on third down, do they uh, move the football down the field or is it just an explosive offense where if they're hitting the big play, they're successful? Um, I, I want to see the intermediate passing game. I want to see the short passing game. I want to see that De'Aaron King is able to get out and scramble for yards and run. Uh, when he put up that 50 touchdown season in 2018, uh, you know, he ran for 14 touchdowns and close to 900 yards. Miami's never had a quarterback like that before. Uh, the most mobile guy that they've had, honestly, was Malik Rozier. And you didn't think about him as a super mobile quarterback, did you? I, I just think uh, this is all going to be brand new tomorrow. This is all going to be 
different and uh, I, I'm expecting some growing pains. I'm expecting a few drives to go three and out because guys are, are just, I don't know, a uh, little too excited, a little too pumped to go. This isn't going to be a 70-point game tomorrow. If it is, I'd be shocked. Hey, we've got more show for you, but we're going to take a break, come back with more Wide Right in a second. Um, Mike Zimmerman defensively, let's switch it to uh, the defensive side of the football because uh, to me, uh, that that is a side that's interesting as well with no Shaq Quarterman, with no Michael Pinckney at linebacker. When, when Miami uh, released their depth chart uh, on Monday, uh, it's pretty much what we expected it to be. Um, you have Bradley Jennings as your starting middle linebacker. You've got uh, at, at uh, cornerback, you got the two guys that you expected, DJ Ivy, um, Al Blades. You got uh, you know a few of these young guys that, that played last year, Christian Williams to Corey Couch. They're the backups, and then uh, defensive end Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche, your new starting defensive ends. Uh, Nesta Silvera is your starting defensive tackle. He's re- he's replacing uh, Pat Bethel in the starting lineup. Um, there are some guys on that side of the ball that, to me, also have a bit of a question mark on them. Um, when you look at the defense, what's your biggest question about that side of the ball? I, I think it comes down to uh, secondary uh, again. Um, outside of Al Blades Jr., uh, in terms of quarterbacks, I'm not really sold. I think DJ Ivy has been so up and down. We've seen him get picked on. Um, you know, throughout his career here, giving up a, a lot of big plays. So, gotta see if he's he's developed into a a solid starting cornerback. And then you mentioned it's it's a lot of youth behind them, mm-hmm. so they're gonna get thrown in whether it's nickel or dime coverage. And you know, we'll see if they can they can hold up. Uh, but I think because they're so young, haven't really seen them on the field that much. It, that that's got to be the biggest question mark, especially now that college football has really turned into a spread passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have four or five corners or four or five guys in the secondary on the field at once, and we haven't really seen any of the safeties. I mean, Gervin Hall, Bubba Bolden, Amari Carter. We haven't really seen them in coverage as much. Amari Carter is probably better against the run. Same with Gervin Hall. Bubba Bolden, we've seen four games out of him. So it, there's a lot of question marks in terms of the coverage in the secondary, at, at least from from my point of view. I agree. And, and you know, when it comes to this UAB offense, by the way, they are primarily a, a running team, and they've got two pretty good running backs. Uh, number one, Spencer Brown, who's a senior, has 32 career starts under his belt, six foot, 220 pounds. He uh, enters uh, the 2020 season as the, the nation's second active uh, career rushing leader behind uh, Travis Etienne. So he's a guy that I know um, Bruce Feldman and others have, have sort of said that uh, he's he's a sort of an NFL prospect. He's a big physical guy. He's got an opportunity, and he's going to be eager to come out here and really put on a show against Miami. This is where he can sort of show the NFL what he's got. So he's motivated. They've got a speed back, Jermaine Brown, 5'8", 170 uh, pounds, who last year averaged over five yards a carry, uh, explosive back. So they've kind of got a two-headed monster back there, five returning starters on the offensive line, including four with double digits. Um, and then at receiver, they've got one of Bruce's uh, freaks in, in Austin Watkins Jr., uh, a fifth-year senior, 6'3", 210 pounds. He's number 45 on Bruce Feldman's freaks list that he put out earlier this year. He's re- actually cousins with Sammy Watkins, the uh, NFL receiver who played at Clemson. 
So they've got some talent on that side of the ball. I think the issue for UAB is quarterback. Um, Tyler Johnson the third, 6'2", 2'10", redshirt junior. Uh, you know, he threw a couple picks last week. He was turnover prone. I think he threw 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions last year as the starter. And so um, I think that's one area where, you know, if you're Miami, you got to try to put a lot of pressure on him when he throws the ball. Um, and then, you know, as a secondary, uh, you got to be able to wrap up. You got to be able to help in the run game uh, when those physical fast backs for UAB get in the open field. Uh, I think, you know, you're counting on your safeties and your and your cornerbacks to help in run coverage. And they, those guys have to be solid. And I think, you know, uh, linebacker position, that to me is, is big as well. Um, you know, Bradley Jennings, your starting middle linebacker. I know Manny Diaz has a lot of faith in him. Um, but he's a guy who didn't play last year and, and played a total of 80 snaps in 2018. Um, they've got a lot of faith that he knows the defense, that he can call the defense, that he can set up the run defense. But again, it's it's proving time. And, you know, this isn't Bethune-Cookman or FAMU that they're opening the season with. This isn't some preseason game. UAB is a decent team right now in Las Vegas. Miami's only a 14.5 point uh, favorite. So they're expecting this to be a relatively close game. And I think the fact that UAB's already played a game gives them an advantage. Manny Diaz talked about that, especially when it comes to tackling. You know, we go back and you, and you look at 2020 or 2019 when they open against the Gators, that opening drive and, and Florida ends up scoring that easy touchdown because I think Miami missed about six or seven different tackles. And and so I think, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. More than anything, Mike Zimmerman, I'm just looking forward to actually watching a game in person. Um, you know, 13,000 fans are going to be there. I got my parking pass sent via email. And um, the environment there is going to be interesting. Um, you know, 13,000 fans. I'm used to seeing something like that at a Marlins game. It's going to be weird seeing that at a Hurricanes game. And as much as, you know, people make fun of Miami's attendance, uh, look, they, they, they certainly are loud enough when they're in the football game that it doesn't feel weird to not have fans. I'm interested to see how, lo- how loud those 13,000 can get tomorrow night. I'm interested to see if it feels weird, if you can hear the plays being called, you know, how that sort of affects the play on the field with coaches and players maybe using more hand signals versus verbal cues that might tip off the defense or offense, the changes that are coming. All of that is going to be interesting sort of dynamics. Um, from Miami's perspective, I know I'm running through a lot of different topics here, but it's like so much to talk about going into this game. Um Special teams, I think, is another interesting area. We can go back to the depth chart to that for a second. Uh, we'll talk about Jose Borgales in a minute. But one strength Miami did have last year was uh, having K.J. Osborne in the punt return, kick return game. Mark Pope was named uh, the starter on punt returns and kick returns. And that, to me, is a pivotal position because, as Manny Diaz pointed out on Monday, um, you know, Miami lost last year to Florida because Jeff Thomas dropped a punt. And so what he's looking for more than anything is somebody who's going to have sure hands. K.J. Osborne was great. I mean, he made an NFL roster as a seventh-round pick with the Minnesota Vikings because he can handle punts and handle kicks. And I think that's certainly an important part of the game. While having a guy like Devin Hester is great, right, when you can have those ho- sort of Hall of Fame uh, game-changing players, it's, it's, it's cool. It really helps your program. 
Um, I, I think really what you want more than anything nowadays in college football with the with the way the return game has changed with kickoffs taking place, um, you know, closer where most balls are going into the end zone and, and punts are being boomed up in the air, which you want is sure hands. And I think Mark Pope, he's got to prove it to me a little bit, uh, Mike Zimmerman. Do you worry at all ab- about that aspect uh, when it comes to special teams for the Hurricanes? I do worry, but I also think this may be a good thing because maybe the coaching staff is saying we need to get the ball in his hands any any opportunity we can. And this is one way to do that. I mean, we, we know what his speed is like. We know what he can do with the ball in his hands. But it's like you said, he has to get it in his hands first. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little combination of both where, yes, I am a little worried. Um, you know, I'm hoping he does have the 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 catch security to just, you know, know when to fair catch, know, you know, know when to just get the get the easy yardage and, and set the offense up with good field position. But I also, I guess I'm a little optimistic because he, he must have had a good spring or summer that the coaching staff realizes we just need to get the ball in his hands at any, any chance we can and let him make plays. So I guess I'm a little excited, but also a little hesitant as well. Yeah, I, I think with Mark Pope, my issue with him is being at the bowl game and seeing him run the wrong route and getting him, you know, just sort of getting annihilated by the coaching staff because that was his issue. It's, hey, do you know what you're doing? And I guess kick return, punt return is a little simpler, right? You don't have to know as much. Just catch the ball, run with it. Uh, my issue is, you know, will he make smart decisions? And I think Manny Diaz brought that up in his press conference on Monday as well, that that's all he wants Mark Pope to do is make smart decisions with the ball. He doesn't care if he breaks one uh, for a touchdown or you know, obviously that helps. But the priority here ultimately is, is making smart decisions with the football. But it's it's encouraging. You, you know, last week I mentioned this on the pod that, uh, you know, my my sources at Miami were telling me that they expect Mark Pope to lead Miami in receiving this season, that he's been that impressive in camp. Um, he was a five star guy, according to Rivals dot com, coming out of high school a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I think a consensus four star, according to the two four seven composite. Um, so he's a guy who came in with a lot of um, expectations to, to deliver, and I think he hasn't really done that yet in his career. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to do that at least here early on in the season. Um, Mike, I, I've written a ton about this. We've, we've talked. I feel like we've talked about a lot of these topics over the last few weeks. What do you think we're going to be talking about next week when Miami's going into Louisville? Because I guess ultimately, what are you going to be looking forward to the most once Miami sort of digs into the ACC schedule? Yes, this is the opener. Yes, this is uh, an important sort of first step for the Hurricanes. But I guess my expectations are I'm hoping that they're 1-0. I'm hoping this offense has scored at least 35 points. I'm hoping that Jose Borgales has made a few field goals to ease everyone's concern there. Um, but going into ACC play, looking ahead a week from now, what do you hope we're talking about uh, as far as the debut? Well, I, I think, and at, at least I hope, I, I think you'd be on the same page. They look like a complete team, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hope that the offense, like you said, scores at least 35 points. The defense does their job in shutting down the UAB offense. And I, I guess when it comes to special teams, we don't want to talk about that because if we don't, that means they did their job. Right, we're not talking about a botch snap on a field goal attempt, a missed field goal, uh, a punt getting blocked, or, or giving up field position on, on kicking a punt out of bounds. If we don't talk about the special teams, that's a good thing, and they did their job. So I hope we're not talking about special teams previewing Louisville. I do 
hope that we talk about it being a complete team and, and just a dominant performance from start to finish. Because how many times have we seen Miami just come out and start so sluggish and that, you know, sure they might win by a couple touchdowns, but it just doesn't look like, you know, they really dominated a team. I, I really hope we say they came out from the opening kickoff and really took it to UAB and, and just showed they were the better team. This was never going to be a competitive game. And now let's move on, right? You'd like to see them make easy work of it and, and just show that they are the better team. And, you know, the offense is now all caught up with the defense. I, I think that's that's what you would hope for. It's just a total team performance. Hey, guys, I want to take a minute here to talk about The Athletic, and it's a great subscription that's available to you. Uh, for only a dollar a month, I'm serious, a dollar a month, you can get every sports story that matters at The Athletic. Uh, listen, I, I've, I've been a part of this organization now for two years covering sports, uh, entering my second season here, or uh, my third season covering the Canes, but two years under my belt here. And I can tell you that The Athletic does excellent work. It's not just... Uh, coverage in South Florida. It's everywhere. I mean, we've got the entire world covered from soccer overseas to uh, the NBA to the NFL to Major League Baseball. A dollar a month. You're not going to beat that deal. Make sure you sign up. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now. Save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash wide right, you can receive an access subscription for just a dollar a month. Sports are back. You don't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com slash wide right. Receive an all access subscription for just a dollar. We hope to see you there. I, I think Miami's going to win this game by three touchdowns, but I think it's going to be, I think there are going to be some growing pains. I think there are going to be moments where you're saying to yourself, okay, uh, Derek, wh- where's the connection with the receivers? I think naturally, man, like you're going to have some issues there. And I think, you know, UAB has some guys on defense that can put pressure on the quarterback, that can create plays in the backfield. They've got long, big defensive ends. Um, they've got a middle linebacker, and uh, I believe Christian Moles is named from Coral Gables High School, who, um, you know, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to prove. And this this game matters to UAB. This is their opportunity to sort of impress NFL scouts. you got a lot of upperclassmen on that side of the ball. So I don't think this is going to be, you know, I, I talked to our buddy Kelvin Harris, who obviously every time we talk to him, it's 14-0, and 14-0. Miami's going to run the table. Um, but I did talk to, to Kelvin, and he thinks, hey, I want to see them score 50. I, I just, I think you're going to have a few issues. I think Rhett Lashley's warnings, are there will be a few drives that don't uh, sort of develop. What I what I think ultimately will be a measure of Miami's success in this game is how many guys get in. Do you get some of these freshmen into the game? Uh, you know, normally you always have a Bethune Cookman or an, a FAMU, somebody who you know you can you beat them by enough points where you get the freshmen some run. Um, you know, I want to see Corey Flagg get on the field at a certain point in this game. Uh, I want to see some of the other guys that defensive coordinator Blake Baker said he was comfortable playing. You know, a guy like Brian Balaam at safety who's going to be the number four safety. Um, I want to see Isaiah Dunson, the cornerback, who's essentially the fifth cornerback here. Um, I want to see, you know, offensively, I want to see um, – Don Chaney Jr. and Jalen Knight not just sort of play a a complementary role, but get an opportunity to maybe lead a few drives offensively. I think that's how we're ultimately going to measure 
uh, how much success Miami has in this game. Because if they can't play the freshman because they're in a dogfight um, with UAB, then I think you're a little you're a little concerned, you're a little worried. I think as long as they can get to getting a few of those guys in the game where they're comfortable enough, then to me that that sort of justifies. Hey, they they handled their business. They didn't have to you know play scared for four quarters. They got some guys some work, and they're they're moving into their ACC schedule. Um, with a little bit of confidence. But I think three touchdowns, maybe 24 points, something like that is, is what I ultimately think they win by in this game. Um, Mike Zimmerman, any final questions here as we wrap up the pod and, and get to the game, which I'm dying to do, by the way? <laughs> well, I, I think the big question, and I'm not going to let you off the hook before we end this, is you got to give a prediction. I mean, you said, ah, they'll, win by, you said yes. they'll win by at least three touchdowns, but, I mean, you got to – that could mean anything. I got to know how many points the offense <laughs> scores. I got to know how many, de- how many points the defense uh, gives up. So, I mean, you, you got to leave with, with an actual score prediction. All right, I, I'm going to say 44 to 20. Does that, that feel okay? 44 20? Is that all right? Okay. I, think, I mean, I, I, I was leaning towards 48 21. Maybe, okay. maybe I'm a little more optimistic, and I guess I'm just, I'm just hoping De'Ara King is so explosive that they just they keep putting points on the board. But I know, like you said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we did see some growing pains and the offense didn't score as many as I guess we've hoped for all, all offseason. Yeah, and, and remember, they're going to be trying to play fast. This is all about tempo. I, I could see there being mistakes where, you know, guys aren't ready or they're jumping off, off you know, offsides or they're false starts. Those kind of things are, are natural, I think, in the opening game just because timing, you know, uh, those are things you always see in the early going, holding penalties, right? And guys just, hey, what are the refs calling? How are they sort of – uh, handling this, I think last week when you when you go back and you look at that UAB game, um, you know against uh, Central Arkansas, there there were moments where it just looked sloppy, and I think we have to expect that with college football. No no spring season, no spring game. Um, I mean, yes, they've had a couple of scrimmages, but it, this has just been a weird time to try and play football, to stay in shape. All of those. Things were issues during the middle of the pandemic. Guys, some guys couldn't work out. Um, there were players on this defense that put on weight. John Ford put on some weight. He had a hamstring issue. Issue couldn't really work out. You know, he's a big guy that you're counting on as your starting defensive tackle. Does he come out and play lights out? You know, does Nessa Silvera rise to the occasion? Um, there are guys that that uh, to me have have a little bit of a question mark on them just because of sort of what happened in the pandemic. They didn't get to train a full off season with with uh, the coaching staff and, and um, Coach Feely. It's it, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot to watch, certainly, but we will be here to watch it all, to talk about it. Uh, our plan right now is to have a post-game show Friday uh, talking about the game, talking about where the Hurricanes stand after week one and where they uh, you know look to go as the season progresses. I, I, I More than anything, I've got my fingers crossed that we don't have any guys held out because they failed – uh, COVID-19 tests and that Miami deals with that. That's one thing throughout college football. If you've been paying attention, there's other programs. Tennessee sort of had to shut things down. I think they had 44 players um, one way or another connected to COVID. Um, you know, other schools have had games canceled and moved. Miami's been very fortunate to now, to this point, to really not have it become an issue, knock on wood. And I hope going into tomorrow that we do see all the guys that we talked about on this podcast, that everybody is out there that they're able to feel the full team because 
look, let's face it. In, in today's era, you could end up having to replace an entire position group and, and just kind of have to try to wing it. And, and that could create all kinds of headaches and question marks in a game. And, uh, and so Manny Diaz is prepared. He's hoping things work out, but, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun first ride Thursday night. I'm looking forward to it. Mike Zimmerman, as always, excellent job on your end. I'm Manny Navarro for the athletic. Be sure to follow me on Manny at Manny underscore Twitter, uh, Manny underscore Navarro on Twitter. Uh, I will be tweeting from the game. And uh, and also, by the way, I got a little teaser, okay? Uh, we got a new podcast that's debuting, uh, Atlantic and Coastal. I just recorded a segment a little while ago with Andy Bitter, our Virginia Tech writer. He's anchoring that pod. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, understand that the uh, Athletics podcast coverage is expanding. We will have a show that covers the rest of the conference, aside from what I talk about here on this show with the Hurricanes, which at times we, we may talk about the ACC. But be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out Atlantic and Coastal debut tomorrow uh, for the Athletic. My buddy Andy Bitter does a great job. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out the coverage in the Athletic. I got a couple more stories coming this week, aside from the game coverage, including a look at the NFL, the Hurricanes in the NFL, 35 Hurricanes on NFL rosters. Twelve of those guys are technically uh, categorized as starters. So I'll have a story on that. We'll have some game coverage, and we'll look ahead soon enough to Louisville and the start of ACC play. For Mike Zimmerman, I'm Manny Navarro. We will see you later. Miami, the new Miami. Surge, surge. Kane's cartel coming through. Tell me what he's-